One hand speaks. Okay, here we go, go. Rocking it here in the first couple weeks of April in the deep quarantine of the COVID-19. This is podcast number 153. And my friends, I am still talking about my time in Nepal. I haven't even gotten to really spend a little time talking about COVID-19 things, but I'm in the middle of it. Today is actually April 14th. We're, I'm in Boise, Idaho. We're in the just the deep quarantine mix, trying to get whatever it is done that we can do. I'm working from home. That's the deal. In this podcast, this podcast is the this is the the basically the tail end of my Nepalese experience. I did spend two weeks in Nepal, the first two weeks of March. And I, I actually need to podcast about this. I, I And I mentioned it before. But I left on February 29th. And COVID-19 was just getting ready to take off. <laughs> and the people were concerned that I was leaving and going to Nepal, mind you. And then after two weeks in Nepal, all of a sudden, yeah, I came back to a brave new world. at THX 1138 style. Everything changed. I landed... Uh, Saturday, March 14th, back in the United States. And yeah, things were starting to lock down. And then three days later, wouldn't you know it, I'm teleworking, no longer can be at my day job. And since then, yeah, things have really taken off. Uh, But I, you know, I wanted to share just a little more of my Nepalese experience. This one actually has the one-handed overtone. Uh, recently, a lot of my podcasts have just been about my experiences traveling, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but I do want to get back to some one-handed stuff, and this is an experience that happened at the end of my trip. I was actually in the the Nepal, the Kathmandu, Nepal airport. Now, I was, my flight was at 11.30 p.m. Kathmandu time. And it, it that, within the last couple days before that, so March, I think it was March 13th, I, I was flying, maybe March 12th, I can't remember. But President Trump had stopped all international flights, not really stopped international flights, but anyone coming from the European Union, any nationals couldn't come back in. And people were concerned for me about coming back into the United States. And the cutoff was midnight on the 12th, I believe. So my my flight was at 11.53 p.m. leaving Nepal. But I was going to Dubai and then to Seattle, which was really the danger zone, mind you. That was the danger zone. And then back to Boise, Idaho. So I barely got on that plane. I think if I would have spent three or four more days in in Nepal, I probably wouldn't have been able to get back into the United States. Uh, There's still people that are stranded, uh, Americans still stranded in other countries because so many international flights have shut down. But nonetheless, I had to move forward. Uh, You know, in Nepal, a lot of people were wearing masks at the airport. Now, I'm in the airport. 
I'm struggling a little bit because it is 11, you know, my flight's at 1130. I'm probably at the airport at 10 o'clock. I'd spent the whole day that Friday. I spent that whole day doing pilgrimage stuff. I did a lot of circumambulations. I was on the tail end of a lot of shopping. I was trying to pack and organize. I had to get another bag because the two bags that I brought weren't enough. So I was just, I was spending a lot of time running around. I didn't get a lot of sleep. I was trying to catch up on podcasts. And by the time I got to the airport, I was, well, I was a little bit haggard and slightly exhausted. And now I got to deal with airport. I got a mask on. I'm a little bit uncomfortable. My bags aren't very well put together. It just was starting to be a lot. It was just starting to be a lot. And the lines were very long. So I wanted to get to the airport as early as possible. Initially, I have to get my passport stamped and kind of go through the immigration stuff. All that worked out pretty well. And then then I got to wait in another line because I got a bag to check in. And then I got to spin off to the side to um, repack all my stuff. This was kind of a big thing for me because I I purchased a lot of stuff when I was in Nepal, which was one of my goals. I have a lot of Buddhist, uh, I, I, I bought a lot of Buddhist gear, Dharma gear for my small side business, malacounters.com. And uh, it just, like I had to repack all that, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it was awkward. I had food. You know, it just wasn't very well put together. So I spun off to the side. I ate some food. You know, I got to I gotta keep all the kind of the COVID-19 things down. You know, it's not very clean there. I mean, not like the United States. It's, it's a whole different groove. So, you know, I got to wipe stuff down. I, I just, it takes a lot of work. It, it was, it, and it was starting to be slightly taxing you know, and uh, man, that flight, just getting on that flight just took a lot of work. There were a lot of lines, people were moving slow. There wasn't a lot of English being spoken. And I was obviously very tired. And I was carrying kind of two big bags. Now I had to buy, like I said, I I found the perfect size bag. um, And I just loaded a lot of my Dharma gear. You know, the thing is, I got to figure out what's going to go in what because I don't want my computer to go on in carry on and but but I need enough stuff with me and then you know certain dharma gears got to be with me and I got to have food and gum and wipes you know uh hand sanitizer all that stuff cough drops la 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 and you know I wasn't taken off as well as possible so finally I get through the first round of security and immigration and now I'm walking up towards the security, the second security checkpoint where they're going to put my bags through the scanners. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting in line and I'm, I'm awkwardly carrying these two bags and I got some food. <laughs> that was the thing. I got food. So I'm trying to carry, you know, my, my Osprey Porter bag, my Porter 30, 30 or 45, it's the carry on bag. And then this other Dharma bag, which are pretty pretty heavy in my short side. So they're just lapped over my arm. And then I'm carrying food in my other hand. And I'm in the, I'm in the line, you know, and there's really no 
organization to the line. A lot of people just bottleneck into this one area and then they form a line and then it's kind of the security check, which is pretty low key. Just drop a bunch of stuff in this tub and kind of move through. And, you know, I'm looking at this line. There's like a lot of people and this guy behind me, he's like, he's like, hey, go to the front of the line. And I, I didn't think he was talking to me. And the second time he said it, he's like, hey, go to the front of the line. And I was like, I, I didn't really think about it. And then I then I could tell, I could feel him get a little closer to me. And I felt the sound directed towards me. He's like, hey, you should go to the front of the line, you with the with the one hand. And I kind of looked at him and, and he looked at me and he's like, no, he's like, do it. Just go to the front of the line. So I. <laughs> So I did. And it's interesting because, you know, I walked through all these people and I walked to the front of the line and, and I actually cut this guy. Like I just, I kind of cut this guy off. He was getting, getting ready to put his stuff in this, in, in the tub. And he's to my left, you know, and the tub, the tub lines moving to the right, but I just cut like right in front of him. And he looked at me and then it's funny because the guy got kind of loud and he started speaking in Nepalese. And this moment was pretty funny because he started saying a bunch of stuff in Nepalese. And the guy to my left kind of looked at me and then looked down and gave me the one-handed checkout. Like he, he, he heard the guy say, hey, man, that guy's got one hand and you should let him go in front of you. And he kind of checked me out. And the next thing you know, this other Nepalese guy that I just cut off grabbed my bags and, and put him in his place and moved me through. And then I moved over to the next station where, where the security guard's at. <laughs> you know, and they open up all your stuff and they rip through all that stuff. And this guy behind me, the guy that's been helping me the whole time, again, he's he, he came forward and said something in Nepalese to the police officer. He's like, he just spewed out like four four to six sentences or something and then the security guard he <laughs> I was kind of waiting for it this time I kind of put my arms out a little bit like yeah this is me he looks at me he gives me the one-handed checkout which basically means he's he looks me in the eye and then he just looks down at my one hand or my the arm that doesn't have the hand <laughs> and then he looks at me again and he just grabbed my bags and he totally skirted security like he just talked to the guy and just well, he didn't really skirt security but he just bypassed everything put my bags right in front of the scanner pushed everything through told me to walk through the other x-ray machine and just instantly moved me through all this stuff and you know, I didn't have to take my belt off or I didn't have to take my shoes off. They just kind of moved me through the whole thing. And then, you know, it was kind of a relief. Like in that moment, I just, I was able to take a breath because things were starting to get pretty intense. And, you know, the whole COVID thing starting to pick up and I'm concerned about getting on my flight. There are a lot of sick people around me. There's a lot of coughing. There are a lot of masks. It's not very clean. I'm extremely tired and, you know, I got to get on this flight at 1130. It's five hours to Dubai and then I have an eight hour layover in Dubai. So I'm not really quite sure what to expect. I just know that I'm I'm tired and spent and the bags are heavy and I just I need to get it together. And I had to reorganize my bags to kind of get them through security and then I knew when I was done, I'd have to reorganize them again, you know, because I still have like an hour, hour and a half before my plane takes off. The next thing you know, I'm kind of at the next station, which is the reorg station, put your shoes on, this kind of stuff. And and uh, 
Then this guy that that's kind of like rooting for me, telling everybody that I have one hand and kind of moving me through this line, he ends up being next to me packing his stuff up. And I, I just looked over and he was there and I was like, hey man, thanks a lot. That was really kind. And he said, oh yeah, it's really no problem, man. It's really no problem. And he said this in a way. He said, you know, nobody knows what you're going through. And I, man, I was, I was slightly touched. And he said it with a, he said it with a tonality, you know. And he's like, you should be able to go through first. You know, you're carrying all this stuff. It doesn't look easy, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, can, can I carry your bag? You know, because we, you know, I, because I asked him if he was going where he was going. He said, well, I'm flying to Dubai and then I have a transfer. And I said, yeah, I'm going to Dubai also. And, and uh, he's like, hey, man, let me let me carry your bag. And and I was like, no, no, that's OK. And then he just said it again. He was pretty not stern, but firm. And he said, I please let me carry your bag. So I said, okay, great. I let him, I let him carry one of my bags, you know? And as we were walking, he said it again. He's like, yeah, you know, nobody, nobody knows what you're going through. And it was the second time he said it. It was the second time he said it. And he said it with this tonality. There was something there. And I, in my head, I was like, I should ask him who he knows that has one hand that's similar to me because I can just tell that this guy's got some kind of experience, you know. And then I know in certain cultures, like I've done podcasts about, you know, ho- ho- the the way people look at me in Tibet, they wonder why I'm not homeless because I have one hand. And I actually gave money to a one-handed beggar. I mean, the only problem he had that I could see he is he only had one hand. And well, you're barking up the wrong tree. If that's all you got, that's not enough for me. And when I gave money to that Tibetan Beggar, we had an interesting energetic connection when we were looking at each other. And I did a podcast about this because he was looking at me probably thinking I could probably do more. And I was looking at him thinking, yeah, bruh, you could probably do a little more because I'm doing what I'm doing. But different cultures have different avenues of possibility and potential. And, you know, there's just maybe for a one-handed guy in Tibet, there's just not as many avenues as there are in the United States. So anyways, let me get back to this guy. We're, we're going through the, the airport in Nepal and he's carrying my bag telling me how, you know, nobody knows what you're going through. And I was like, hey, uh, who do you know that's like me? And he, he kind of paused for a moment and he said, <laughs> he said, my father. And I just saw him over his lifetime have a very hard time in Nepal dealing with people and things. And, and he's like, nobody knows what you're going through, man. And he, I felt him. I felt it. Like he had genuine concern and a little bit of hurt. Like he was trying to make up for a little bit of stuff that his father was dealing with. And I thought, you know, I thought that was really genuine and really kind and sincere and real and honest and everything. And it was just really, you know, he took me all the way to my seat and sat me down and then asked me if there was anything else that I needed. And I said, no, my friend, I am I am content and I am satisfied. You helped me out a lot in more ways than I could ever ask. I mean, he went out of his way. He made sure that everybody that I encountered, every step through the security process, he made sure that people knew I didn't have two hands and that I should move through. Now, if you've been following my podcast, you know it's rare that I actually play the disability card. Sometimes I do. Airports are one of them. I've had great experiences in airports. I've had people really help me out in airports. 
And in some states, like when I lived in Washington state, I had a disability transit pass. I rode the buses for free. I got discounts on ferries. I mean, it was it was a slamming deal in Seattle. And it's rare that I play the disability card, but in airports I do because that's a thing. And that guy, that guy took the initiative. You know, he, he led me by my hand. <laughs> yeah, I got to hand it to that guy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get them all out. I'm trying to get it all out. It was such a great experience for me. It was such a great experience for me on the tail end of my whole Nepalese experience. And, you know, I was haggard and tired and I got to carry these bags and, uh, you know, it's a lot. My arms hurt, you know. I mean, this is starting to become a thing at my at my age at 51, just doing international travel and carrying these bags. I'm still trying to figure out the best ways to do it. And, uh, I do, I do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scheduled to do a, a blog. I want to start vlogging initially about my travels to Nepal and how I packed for Nepal and then just work my way backwards through all my international traveling experiences. And, but I got to tell you, my friends, that really, that really just kind of gave me the, the, the energy and the, 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 the sensibility to move forward, leaving Nepal and getting through the airport and, yeah, it was very difficult to get back to the United States. Uh, I think I did a podcast about that. Uh, not 100% sure, but that guy really made a difference. And you know what? He was the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, you know? I mean, that was like the standing ovation, the one-hand clapping guy at the end of my trip. That is just what I needed to help me get out of Nepal. That guy just gave me a helping hand right out of Nepal. And they, you know, it just made such a difference. I had such a beautiful time in Nepal. The people there are so, so kind, so nice. I had such a beautiful experience. I can't wait to go back. And with that, my friends, be well, stay safe, stay at home, and wash your hands. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. <laughs>